Welcome to the Vile Dawn podcast for Tuesday, June 30th. S&P futures are trading off about 13 to 14 points. That is about 40 basis points. Europe is trading down about 40 basis points after opening higher. It's since faded. Asia finished in the green across the board for the most part. Um, so there are a few moving pieces today, a bunch of different news items, which I will run through. Just keep in mind the S&P yesterday in the final 20 minutes of the day had this um, you know, mini inexplicable rally to the upside. So we're essentially just surrendering that move this morning. Nothing to be too alarmed about. Um, in aggregate, I would say the tenor of news today was mixed to negative. So on the COVID front, there was some excitement yesterday where you get these daily updates out of the big states in focus, Arizona, Texas, Florida, California, et cetera. Um, you know, the increase in COVID transmission numbers yesterday was less than in prior days. That created some excitement. I don't really think that is positive at all. There's still a huge problem um, in many parts of the country, in many of these big states. Um, you know, the, the case numbers are still rising. Um, and then I think the bigger issue is you're going to see negative news flow for the coming weeks as those transmission increases that we've seen um, filter through other areas, other other different statistics. So, you know, you're going to see an increase in hospitalizations. You're going to see an increase, unfortunately, in fatalities. And then this will also become more apparent in economic data as the big kind of trend of sequential gains that we've seen since March and April starts to level out as this, as, as these transmission figures get worked through the, um, you know, those numbers as well. So, you know, certainly nothing to really celebrate on the COVID front. You're continuing to see some states pause reopening. You're seeing some states um, re-implement certain specific lockdowns. Again, they're being more surgical as they approach um, how they're how they're looking to tackle these outbreaks. They're not going back to the March and April kind of wholesale lockdowns, but you certainly are seeing that you know the reopening process pause. There's a lot more caution on the part of governors and state officials. Um, it's just about how quickly they should be moving forward. So, you know, there are a bunch of different examples. I'm not going to run through all of them about the, um, you know, the various different lockdown steps being taken. You have a few also internationally. Australia locked down a couple of um, a couple of suburbs after uh, an outbreak of cases. So, you know, certainly nothing to be too excited about on the COVID front. You still have, um, you know, again, a problem in the U.S. that that really has not been um, stopped yet. Um, on the economic front, the news was mixed. So the China MBS PMIs for June, which is the first major data point for the month of June out of China, were solid. They came in above expectations. Nothing dramatic, but you know certainly encouraging. Industrial production out of Japan and South Korea was weaker than expected for the month of May. So mixed on the eco front. Powell's prepared comments hit last night ahead of his testimony today before the House. He will be testifying with Mnuchin. Um, nothing all that dramatic in his commentary. Powell has spoken on numerous occasions. Um, so has Mnuchin. So I don't anticipate you'll see anything all that incremental out of this testimony. I suspect you're going to hear a lot of comforting rhetoric about how much stimulus has been already pumped into the system, how much of the existing stimulus hasn't even been utilized yet, and then how both stand ready to do more if needed. Um, again, I don't really think markets should get too excited about that. That should be very apparent based on recent commentary from a variety of different government officials. The next big stimulus data point will be this fifth fiscal bill that is being um, contemplated in the U.S. You know, again, I think everyone knows it's coming. Um, you know, there are questions about its composition and its size. You know, a couple of weeks ago, McConnell had been adamant about holding the price tag to a trillion dollars. That seems to be out the window at this point. Remember, the Dems have passed their own version. That's about three trillion plus. Um, you know, you probably are looking at something that will be worth around two to two and a half trillion, just given how you've seen a deterioration in the COVID front. 
Um, but again, the question, I think, um, the more important question is, you know, related to this upcoming fiscal cliff, you have a lot of consumer um, payments that had been, you know, enormously helpful to consumer spending over the last several months that are due to run off. And then the question is, again, what happens to those? So it doesn't look like you're really going to see um, negotiations begin in earnest on that bill until the final weeks of July, which is just, a, you know, a couple of weeks before a lot of those payments are due to expire. The U.S. bank stress tests. So the individual banks put out their stress capital buffers as well as their dividends. Most banks did. A couple of banks have not made an announcement yet. So for the big ones, we heard from everyone. The dividends were largely as expected. All the big, most of the big banks are leaving their dividends unchanged, with the exception of Wells. Wells said that they will be cutting their dividend by an undetermined amount. They will be giving the new dividend out alongside earnings in the middle of July. Um, so two takeaways on my part, maybe three takeaways on my part. You know, the most important, I think, was the Wells Fargo news, not the dividend, but they had a negative, essentially a negative pre-announcement in their announcement in that they said the reserve build in Q2 will be substantially higher than in Q1. That is contrary to street expectations. The model, street was modeling a small de- decline in the reserve build. Um, so that commentary suggests that, you know, numbers have to come down for Q2. And, you know, again, Wells is a major bank with a ton of exposure. Um, that comment probably is reflective of what other banks are seeing on the credit front as well. So it looks like Q2 will be another very weak quarter for credit. You're going to have another, another quarter of huge provision figures. Um, the assumption is Q2 will be the peak of provisions and nothing well said necessarily deviates from that. Um, but the Q2 numbers themselves will probably be under a little bit of pressure just given that commentary. So that to me was the main takeaway and that's negative. Goldman has a very high stress capital buffer, which everyone knew after the tests were, were released last Thursday. That's negative. But they also seem to be closer to the um, you know their new capital, their minimum capital threshold than I think people were fearing. So they gave out a Q2 capital number, um, and it looked like it was a little bit higher than expected. So Goldman may be a little bit of a relief in that they do have a very high capital minimum threshold now, but they are also probably closer to it than I think people were fearing. Um, one other, you know, smaller um, piece of news, JP Morgan said that they will be not only halting all buybacks, but they will also be halting their net buybacks. So the Fed had allowed banks to um, repurchase shares to essentially hold their shares outstanding flat, mostly to overcome um, employee-based issuance. JP Morgan said they'll be suspending that buyback as well. A very minor number. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um on the earnings front last night, Jeffries had very strong numbers. Um, the big takeaway was blowout FIC report. So I would imagine you're going to see very, very strong trading numbers out of the bigger investment banks in their report earnings coming up in the middle of July. Um, I think credit will be much more important for in terms of how the stocks trade. So you know your Goldman's, Morgan Stanley's, J.P. Morgan's, B of A, Cities, etc. Um, you know, just given that that Jeffrey's number, and then also you know the banks have spoken at a few conferences over the last several weeks, and they've all indicated that trading will be very strong in Q2. Uh, you had positive semiconductor news out last night. So Micron and Xilinx, Micron had solid earnings. They got it above the street. Xilinx had an upside pre-announcement. Just keep in mind within the Xilinx pre-announcement, they did acknowledge that they received a tailwind from accelerated orders having to do with people being worried about incremental Huawei restrictions. So people just getting their orders in ahead of that, ahead of those restrictions going into place. Um, Tech is an outperformer in Europe this morning, largely in sympathy with those semiconductor announcements from the U.S. Simon Property Group, SPG, made a positive announcement on the dividend. They are cutting their dividend versus the prior payout, although I think it's certainly better than feared. And they also provided color on their full year dividend. 
Um, you know, again, I think some relief to investors who were fearing a more draconian reduction in the dividend. They also made, you know, the obligatory comment about how they're reopening and sales at at um, initially are are tracking ahead of their plans. They don't quantify that at all, though. Um, on U.S. China, you saw, you know, everything is playing out large as expected. So the headlines read negative, but they should not really be a surprise to anyone. Um, so China has formally adopted this Hong Kong security measure. And then the U.S. is proceeding with revoking Hong Kong's special status. Um, you know, again, not neither are positive, um, but both are largely consistent with expectations. Um, so that is essentially it for today. Obviously, we're in the final day of the quarter. Um, you know, there's there had been a lot of talk about rebalancing trades that may, people may cite that for the you know the weakness this morning. Um, I doubt that's really a huge major driver. Um, you know, there was a discrepancy between equity and fixed income performance this quarter, but, you know, a lot of the rebalancing doesn't happen instantly on the final day of the quarter. So that's more of an excuse than, uh, a, you know, an actual catalyst, in my opinion. Um, for the calendar today, nothing super major. Um, so you have testimony from Powell Mnuchin. You have testimony from Fauci and a, and a bunch of other health officials. So you'll be seeing a lot of headlines on on, on both topics, COVID and stimulus. Um, and then you have FDX, FedEx earnings out after the close. So that's really, those are the only major um, news items for today. And then in terms of the broader tape, my views and are still the same. Um, you know, I think you still have kind of this muscle memory, this, the, the bias is to buy dips. You saw that yesterday. Um, and you still have a huge... Uh, stimulus tailwind, but I you know I, I continue to think that um, COVID in particular, there you know I think people are just way too comfortable, too complacent about it, as well as the election. Um, and so I still think that you have downside risks with fundamental risk reward around twenty nine hundred is about a neutral level. Uh, so that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.